Hello and welcome to the FPL Frauds podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by David. Hi. And Luke. You alright guys? Hello guys. Okay, uh, let's have a look at what's going to come up in today's podcast. Uh, we've got a review of last week. We're looking at Salah out. Um, we're looking at the uh, Chelsea defensive assets. Looking at captain choices ahead of game week 28. And looking at some of the TikTok questions. Okay, first up, who wants to go first? Luke, do you want to go first? How was your yeah, week? Uh, not great. Uh, <laughs> first time below average. I was just a 56, four below average for the first time in a while. Uh, just didn't go right for me this week. A lot of blanks. And uh, yeah, any real points from a captain Gundogan and Fernandez, which just about everyone has, so <laughs> nothing to <laughs> Yeah, at least you had a good captain choice in there. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was a uh, Gundogan sort of got a nice little goal against Southampton, which was uh, good to see. Yeah. Uh, what about you, David? Um, I ended up finishing on 70 points, so it was a, it was an okay week. It could have been it could have been worse, it could have been better, but I, I just think the difference this week between between players was people who had Kane and people who didn't. The people who didn't have Kane really uh, it really costed them in the end and then the people who had Kane most of them had at least a at least a decent enough week. Uh, as well I also captain Gundogan as well who at least got a goal. I was very worried after the after the first game against United and for most of the uh, for most of the second game as well against Southampton because he was quite uh, he was quite defensive. I thought in that game I thought he played a lot deeper. He didn't get into the box as much as we normally see him get into the box, but at least he managed to get the goal and the bonus point as well. So at least he managed to get uh, the captaincy return, and uh, also as well with Fernandez as well getting a return, which was which was decent enough. I mean, I was I was considering as we discussed last time, considering of maybe benching him for Rafinha. I'm very glad in the end that I didn't do that because Rafinha only got two and. Uh, Fernandez coming in with the goal and uh, also the two bonus points as well. Uh, the most disappointing thing for me was was the goalkeeper situation. I went, I started with McCarthy in goal. I uh, not even expecting to play any of the games really. I didn't expect him to play the Sheffield game after Forster starting the last game. Uh, Forster then started the Sheffield game, and I was just thinking, obviously Forster's going to start again surely. But I couldn't believe it when I saw the team sheet and then McCarthy was starting like. Absolute heartbreak considering Ariola actually kept the clean sheet against uh, against Liverpool and uh, got yeah. a bonus point as well. It's just so disappointing. Could have... Yeah, one of them. You can't really blame yourself for it because nobody really would back a would back Ariola against Liverpool. Yeah, but... um, and we said we said it would be a a better game for Fulham than it seems because Liverpool are struggling to score at the moment, especially at home in the league. Yeah, exactly. So. Um... I mean, Fulham went there and they played really well as well. Like they've they've been so impressive in recent weeks. So maybe I should have just backed backed Terry Allen and put him with the start. But as I say, I was really wasn't expecting McCarthy to play any of them two games, and it's just so unfortunate he came in for the City game. Of course, then conceded five, and also could have even conceded the penalty and maybe got sent off or at least got a yellow card. So it could have been a lot worse than one point for for, for McCarthy that game. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look too good. Made a few saves, but not not too impressive. Conceding five, probably not the best way of keeping your spot in the team. I'd say. Um, even though I was happy to see him play because he came, uh, he played instead of Gaeta. Gaeta getting a zero points for me this week. I also got seventy points this week, uh, same as David. Just above average and okay week. Not not too good. Not too bad. Kane, Gundogan, captain Fernandez. Saved my week pretty much. I think I had one, two, three, four, five, six blanks in there. Um, but it came to a good week because of three pretty good performances. Um, Cancelo flopped again for me uh, since I brought him in. 
three points in four game weeks, four games uh, over a couple of doubles. Not exactly what you want from a premium defender. Um, any flops you this week then, Luke? Uh, yeah, fair play. Stones with a one point off a double is a pretty disappointing. But I guess you've got to yeah. hope that resting against Southampton will play in 28 against Fulham. Uh, and... Yeah, hopefully City can make a return to their defensive uh, strength that they had before game week 26, really, where they've they've fallen apart in the past few game weeks and none out of the last four games that they've played. Um, but yeah, hopefully they'll pick it up soon. Um, so yeah, star performance for us. Me and David had Kane, probably the difference between uh, me and David and Luke this week. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, ranks, uh, how's how's everybody looking now after this, after this uh, week? For me, I've literally stayed in the exact same position. I've dropped like 600 places, so it was... It was... Yeah, pretty average week for a for a non. Yeah, really. I mean, at one point, I think after Saturday, I was up to two hundred and fifty thousand. So I was looking quite good after then, but then uh, as the days went on, I just slowly started declining back to where I was originally, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like that sort of time for us. Um, we've all got a wild card ready to use in thirty thirty one. So it seems very much like if we can hold rank for now, and we'll hopefully be be climbing on the back end of the season. I had a very uh, even um, rank this week, uh, as opposed to as opposed to going up. But uh, Luke had a, I presume you had a bit of a fall. Yeah, I from, think from your well, I don't exactly, but about seven hundred k is about dropped to about eight hundred k. It's a bit, a bit of a hefty, yeah, hefty, yeah. Uh, red not too bad, but it, it feels like a lot because because of of uh, of like a hundred thousand. It feels like quite a lot, but it's not that many points. You can obviously find that in in a good week. Yeah. Uh, so it's not the end of the world. I think especially with us uh, having the wild card, it can just really hit that back, like, what, eight games? Eight, nine games yeah. at, uh, after the blank. So hopefully big, yeah. big rank increases into the end of the season. Yeah, I'd definitely say it's worth quite a few points. Now, uh, one player that may not be in our teams for the rest of the season, Salah. Um, is it, it's a tough one. He's, he's a very high-scoring player and a very consistent player, top goal scorer in the league. Um, who would you look at maybe replacing him with David if you were to to take maybe the risk and take him out? Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's frustrating with Salah. He's been a lot of people have stuck with him for so long now, and he's just disappointed and disappointed. And people think eventually it's going to change, but uh, people are losing patience at this point. So for me personally, I'm going to keep him in for another week. He's got that fixture against Wolves, which to me looks like a decent fixture. But we've seen how how terrible Liverpool have been. It doesn't matter who they play. They've been terrible against everyone, but I'm hoping that it changes again. Uh, it changes in that game against Wolves, and then for me, I'd like to offload him on 29 when he has that blank game week because you, you never know. Like yeah. a lot of people are getting rid of salary, could very easily punish you. We've seen how lethal he can be over the course of the last like three seasons now, so it wouldn't surprise me. He scored as well in the Champions League as well, so I'm keeping hold of him personally. But for replacements for me next week, I'm looking to bring in. Uh, I'd probably look to bring in uh, Gareth Bale. As a, yeah. as just a, it's a pretty straightforward swap. We'll be doing that move to be honest. And the other yeah. one as well is uh, people who maybe have a free hit in twenty nine, maybe bringing in a De Bruyne, who we saw was very good against Southampton with the two goals. Did disappoint in the derby, but uh, he's one that's a bit of a differential as well with him being pretty low, pretty low owned after after the injury he had 
So he's he's not a bad replacement either, in my opinion. Yeah, Son and Bale seem to be the premiums that everybody will probably be targeting towards 29. I think two of the only midfield premiums that are playing other than Aubameyang, who could be worth a risk, but against West Ham, pretty solid defence. Uh, Son and Bale, that combination, is that what you're going to be looking at for 29? Like? Yeah, so I've already got Son in my team. Uh, and yeah, definitely um, sort of uh, getting Bale in, but I'm going to wait till till next week because I'm going to keep, as David, uh, keep Salah for this, for this Wolves fixture. Because like, well, he scored in the Champions League this week and I think it's hard to back against him. He's, he's on poor form, but you know he can score. Um, yeah, Wolves' defence not quite as solid this year, is it? Yeah, obviously, yeah, just not quite the same as it was. Um, I guess rather Doxy, maybe. Johnny only just coming back. Uh, but yeah, in terms of mm-hmm. Bale, I think he looks a very good player. He's been getting subbed off about sort of 65, 70 minutes in the last, I think it was about three games. But he looks a guaranteed start. He's getting rested in the Europa League tonight, so... I think he's looking very good for, if you want to get him in for the Northland derby, or if not, definitely for that blank. Yeah, he's one of them expo- explosive sort of players that only really needs six five minutes to, he can get a goal, an assist, a couple of goals even, in that sort of time. Um, one player that I think was probably in everyone's team five weeks ago, Jack Grealish, he's obviously injured now. Um, Dean Smith isn't giving him much aware about when he's going to be back. Um, but he could be back for 29 Probably not many people are going to take a risk on him, though, David. Yeah, I mean, for me, even if he comes back, a lot of people have already kind of made their moves in, in bringing in players like Lingard for 29. There's a, quite a few other options as well. So, And it's very risky because even when he comes back, he might be on the bench or he might just only get like 60 minutes and be subbed off just so then uh, the injury doesn't recur again. So I think you need to wait until he plays at least a full 90 minutes before I'd even look to bring him in again. Yeah, probably probably not one to target them for 29, especially Spurs not being a great picture anyway. Um, now, Luke, I'm going to come to you on this. Probably not the right person to ask um, to do with Kane being essential because I don't think you're looking at bringing him in. I think you've got the three strikers, so um, so that's not going to be an option for you. But do you think for other people, uh, downgrading Salah to a cheaper player and using the money to get Kane in, do you think that could be an option? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think um, Kane is, is the standout captain choice for 29 and... If you don't have him, then that's obviously a big miss. Um, I would like yeah. to get him in, but I've got a bit of an issue that I have Watkins, Antonio and Bamford, which are three players that have games. So I almost don't want to take someone out of the game. But I'm, yeah. Uh, but I think it's yeah. definitely um, sort of you can take out the midfield premiums like a Salah and Fernandez, uh, in down into a cheaper mid, like, for example, a Rafinha or, or something. Uh, and then use that money up in your strike force because Keynes just looks, just looks deadly at the moment. Yeah, I think definitely if you've got a striker slot three, then Kane is probably the main player to go for then if you've got the money. Uh, good captain option for that week. Uh, probably, yeah, probably the most captain guy, I'd say. Um, moving past 29, um, Chelsea assets. Could they be one to look at, David? Yeah, now Chelsea have been very, very solid defensively since... Uh... Two shots come in. They're also looking a lot better as well going forward. We saw in the game against Everton, they looked they look very very decent. But for me, I think defensive assets is a uh, is definitely the the that Chelsea's strongest uh, your strongest way to into the Chelsea team. They've got a few decent options. Uh, Rudiger didn't start last game, which is a bit of a concern. We don't know. Maybe he was rested, or maybe he could have just been taken out of the team because Zuma came and he played he played pretty well in that game. So there's a bit of a risk now with Rudiger, but we'll have to wait and see. Time will tell with that one. I think for 
for me, for me with my personal team, I don't want to be bringing a Chelsea asset until uh, game week thirty one, the wild card. So we'll know a lot more then with the, with the starts. But Aspilicueta started all the games that Tuchel's come in, so he's one that's very nailed on. Rudiger I think started eight out of the nine games as well, so it's just the last one he was either rested or dropped. For. I'd imagine it was rested really. But I think uh, Mendy's a good one as well in goal because he's played. He's only played eight out of the nine. Kepa did play one of the games, but Mendy I think is pretty well very nailed on to start. So uh, I think I think I think for me the two best ones are Rudiger and Mendy just for the value. Rudiger only being four point six million is very very cheap. So you can kind of have him as a defender if he doesn't play. Maybe he's rested for a game. You can have other defenders as well around the similar price point to bring in. Yeah, uh, I think four point six mil. You don't mind if they if they miss the odd game at that sort of price point. Um, you can definitely afford to have a few more players to to back him up uh, coming off the bench. Okay, uh, they've got Leeds up next. That could be a good test for them. A uh, very attacking team, but also quite inconsistent. Do you think Chelsea will be uh, uh, be able to stop them from firing? Like, yeah, I, I mean, if I was a I don't have any Chelsea defenders at the moment, but if I if I did, I think I'd be fairly confident. I don't think Leeds are in amazing form, but yeah, I guess it. The more clean sheets they rack up, the more confident people will be in bringing them in. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I do, I think, I do be... think on I do think on wild card, I think it's a must to get at least one Chelsea defender with the price and the the way that they've been defending. The, Got like the best the best defensive record since Tuchel's come in, or them, them and City are the top two. I think it's a no brainer to have at least one, if not possibly two, because you could gain a lot of ranks by having the two Chelsea defenders. Yeah, and I've got run down here perfect replacement for City defenders because a lot of us currently have a spot in defence, and with City conceding a lot more, I think only one clean sheet out of the last six games, um, it could be time to move maybe that double City into one Chelsea or two Chelsea. Yeah, de- definitely. I think um, you can even save some money with that. Obviously, some of the City defenders are quite premium with a Cancelo, Diaz, some of them over to the six mil mark. So, if you transfer them down into, say, a 4.6 Rudiger, you can then put that money into your attack, which is great for going forwards. Yeah, it definitely looks like it might avoid the pet roulette as well, even though some people have been saying two shell Tom Bowler. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think Chelsea's uh, defensive rotation is quite as bad though, David. No, it's definitely a definitely a lot a lot safer than the city than the city than the city players at the moment. I mean, for me personally, I've got Diaz and Stones in my team. I think I think it's kind of time maybe now to get off the the city double up just with as we say the Pep Ruler and City not looking as uh, as defensively solid as they were. They still I still do see clean sheets for them, but I think Chelsea with the value and the fixtures coming up as well. I think I think having maybe one of each or maybe two Chelsea in one city could be the way to go forward. So for me, I'm looking to get rid of Stones at some point. Def- definitely get rid of him on wild card and uh, just keep Diaz and just have one city defender going forward. Yeah, I think the wild card. If you do have a wild card, it gives you a good time to sort of restructure your team, move the money around, and I think maybe getting off that city double up could be the way forward. I think Chelsea are a very good team to look at for a replacement. Okay, looking ahead to this game week. Game week 28, captain choices. Uh, Man City assets um, scored five in the last game, but against a tough Fulham defence. Uh, do you fear for uh, City uh, City assets in this game, Luke? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly, um, in, terms of, in terms of captaincy, I certainly wouldn't be backing any of the defence. I just think they haven't been, a, they just yeah. haven't been a strong enough 
originally, and also had, had very much back against Gundogan. I don't. I think he played. He played very defensively. He almost played alongside Fernandinho against Southampton in sort of, I guess, a four-two-four almost sort of in that defensive midfield. Um, so I think potentially a De Bruyne or a Mares. If I think Mares looks pretty set to start because he came up after sixty minutes, uh, and also De, De Bruyne just Pep seems to never drop him. So I think. Yeah, I, I do think that De Bruyne and Mahrez are, are viable options, but potentially uh, potentially elsewhere of Kane and Fernandez. Maybe, maybe, but I guess those City, that Mahrez De Bruyne would be more of a differential captain. Choice if you need yeah. to climb the ranks. Yeah. Uh, David, do you see De Bruyne as maybe the only real viable option after how, how good he looked in the last yeah, game? Yeah, I think, I think everyone who owns De Bruyne is going to captain him, and a lot of people are looking to bring De Bruyne in as well. He's a he played very normally. When I've watched him play, he's played quite deep. And this game, in the Southampton game, he was really getting into goal scoring positions, which we haven't seen a lot of over the course of this season. To be, he hasn't scored a lot of goals. It's mainly the mainly the assists, but the goal scoring, he, he looked he looked very threatening. So I think if you own him, he's a he's a must captain. He's as you say, he looks very nailed on to start, and it, it's the Bruyne. He's so he's so consistent, and he's he's. Is one of if, if if not the best Premier this the best player in the Premier League. So, I think I think if you own him, you have to captain yeah. him. And I'm very, well, I'm I'm very jealous of the people that do own him because if he was in my team, he'd 100 percent be my captain this week. Yeah, it looks like he's sort of got his rhythm back in, in that last game. He just didn't look like he was afraid to shoot anymore. Um, looked a lot better. Not as many mistakes as against against United. He he didn't look too good in that game, but. Definitely looked a lot better against the Saints. Um, Tottenham, uh, Kane and Bale had big returns in the last game, and Kane does like a North London derby. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, Luke? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a, definitely a very good captain choice. He, just, he seems to always nick a goal against Arsenal. He's all, he seems to be massively up for it. As a, there's always the jokes that Kane is an Arsenal fan when he was a kid, so he clearly, uh, um, <laughs> clearly means a lot to him. So, yeah, I, th- I think... Yeah. I think Kane would be a standout ahead of Bale and Son. For me, I just think the yeah. way that he sort of ups his game for that derby, I don't think it's matched by the other two. And just the just the general form, and he's on pens. I, I just think he would be the, the top Spurs asset for me. Yeah, I think it's often the case that like a, a homegrown player like Harry Kane will be, he's very much up for a derby. Uh, they know the meaning of it to the fans, and I'm sure he'll be, he'll be up for that. Do you expect this uh, this sort of style of the play? Spurs will probably drop deep. Uh, Arsenal will play possession football, and Spurs will probably counter attack. Do you expect that to suit Kane, or do you think that might even suit Son? Yep. David. Oh, sorry. Go on, oh. David. <laughs> Either of you, go on, Luke. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, um, I just think Son is just, he's so quick in behind, and often in that counter attacking style, Kane almost drops in to play the balls over the top to Son. Uh, so I think I think potentially Song could also be another good option. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. Son hasn't looked as good recently. Um, Kane's definitely been in the goals, but Son has been creating a lot of chances, David. Yeah, I think um, Son is like the the second highest uh, midfielder for chances uh, for chances created in the last like five games. So he's been he's been very uh, very creative, but it's been the lack of shots for Son. He's not had enough goal scoring opportunities. He's been mainly creating. Now Kane's got the got the potential to score goals and to create as well. So has Son, but Son hasn't shown it as much as Kane in recent weeks. So I think Kane is a uh, out of the Spurs players is definitely the standout. I think 
the way that Arsenal play, it might definitely play into Spurs' hands. It it, it happened in the last game as well when Son scored an amazing goal in that game. So I, yeah. I think it could maybe be a similar pass. And the way that Spurs have attacked in the last few games since Bale's come into the side has been has been very very impressive. So I think Arsenal will be very uh, very wary of that. They would have seen the recent games and they won't want that to happen. But I don't think. I mean, it's very difficult to stop when you've got those three like top quality players coming at you. So for me, I do think I do think there's goals in the game for Tottenham, and for me, I think Kane's definitely the safest. As you say, he's on penalties, and he's got the he drops in as you say, and he can play pass over to Son as well as getting into the box as well and potentially getting it, getting goals as well. So he's kind of got a bit of everything for me. Yeah, yeah, I think Kane's a very good option. But are we being silly by not looking at Bruno Fernandes? I think to Luke, you were saying that you might captain him this week. Uh, is he the best option? Do you think? Uh, I think he's the best option for me. Uh, which is why I think I'm going with him. Yeah. But, uh, I p- personally wouldn't think of him ahead of potentially Kane and De Bruyne, but I think he's he's a safe pick. Uh, Fernandez, he just even when he's playing badly, just he, he's just a points merchant, just picks him up out of nowhere and always gets on yeah. bonus. So I think I think West Ham are a solid a solid defense, but certainly you can see him getting points there. I I, I think. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I, I can see Fernandes getting points in any game. He's that sort of player who can always pick up a random assist, a, a long-range strike, or maybe even a penalty. Uh, does that tough fixture worry you a bit, though, David? Yeah, it does put me off him a little bit. I, I think I think he's he's my vice captain currently. I think, but as you say, he's, he can return against anyone. He's the highest scorer in, F, in, in FPL, so I, I can I can see him getting a return. To be honest, so I think. Even though it is a tough fixture, West Ham have been very, very impressive this season, especially in recent weeks as well. But, uh, you know, if United get a goal, then you're expecting Fernandes to be involved in that goal. And I think the people who uh, got rid of him last week are definitely regretting it after the 10 points, the first minute <laughs> yeah. goal against City. I think the whole year, all the people who decided to either bench or get rid of Fernandes would have been absolutely gutted. But uh, I just don't think you can go against him. But maybe as a captain option, for me, I think I'm leaning slightly towards Kane. Yeah. Any other... Any other captains that you might consider, Luke? Uh, potentially DCL with that that good fixture against Burnley. If you want a yeah. bit of differential, um, just purely on the fixture. I mean, he's not in great form, but yeah, if you want an easy fixture captain, then potentially go for him. Yeah, I think it's very much a week where it's a bit up in the air. Um, not a really an obvious captain. A few decent captain choices, but not too much. Uh, too much of an obvious one. Salah, do you think, David, take a risk on him? Yeah, he's definitely, he's a, he's a differential, I think it's fair to say, especially now his ownership. His ownership it's, it's weird saying now. Salah's a differential, isn't it? Yeah, it's very weird with the, with the, recent, with the recent years. And even a few weeks ago, people were still captaining him. He's, his ownership's absolutely plummeted down to like 34% now. So like it's a differential. But for me, I think it's too risky to captain, but just having him is a lot more of a differential than what it was a few weeks ago. So, you know, before like, when you, when you get to the point with Fernandes, he's got 57% ownership. You, you don't even want to celebrate a goal because everybody else has got the goal as well. Yeah. But at least for Salah now, like it, it feels like something. It feels like you're really making gains if Salah does score this week, as everybody's got rid of him, mostly players like De Bruyne and Bale. Uh, so I think if Salah can come in with a big score this week or just a goal, it I'll be I'll be absolutely delighted with that because it, it it's, it's gaining on a lot of people who've got rid of him. Because for me, I think it's one week too soon for people to get rid of Salah. Especially now he's got the blank in yeah. twenty nine. I think it's just easier just to get rid of him on that. Yeah, I'd definitely be holding if you have him for this week at least. Give him one more chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we'll have a look at some TikTok questions now. We've got this first one from Anthony Gray, 
He says, should we make sure the players we bring in are starting in game week 29? Um, for me, it just depends on your current situation on your team. If you've got, It depends how many players you currently have in for 29. Like for me, my transfer might not even be a transfer looking at game week 29. I'm not too sure at the moment. I've got kind of a couple of couple of different moves in mind. I'm not sure on what to do at the moment, but it just depends. If you've got like eight or nine players already, then if you if you maybe think you can get a, you can make a big a big amount on on a one week punt, then then go for that. But I think I think probably the safest thing to do is is get is getting in a player for twenty nine as well with maybe a decent twenty eight fixture as well. Yeah, I think so. I think that could be sensible. Uh, any thoughts on that, Luke? Uh, yeah, I think it. I think it depends your situation with the chips as well. I think if you're wild card and sort of that thirty thirty one, so you just kind of dead end your team into twenty nine. I think you've just got to focus on it. But if obviously you've you've used that wild card early and you've kind of coped your team for the rest rest of the season, and I think you can't be solely focused on a blank, and you've got to do the big transfers you need for the rest of your team. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. If you've got a wild card, then I would suggest um, dead ending towards twenty nine uh, for sure. Okay, thoughts on Diego Jota from Jack Boyle's eight. Uh, I think. I think you still need to see a little bit more of him, but he does he does look good, and we've seen him at the start of the season how how impressive he was. Like since he got injured, like he's he's a he's a very important part of Liverpool. Even though he's only he's only he's not even played that many games, but you can see they do they do miss him when he's not there, and he adds another option to Liverpool's attack. So maybe as a as like a long term replacement for Salah, who saves obviously you're saving like six million, he's he could be he could be very very good. I just think for me, I need to see a little bit more of him. But the fixtures for Liverpool coming up at the end of the season are very nice, so uh, he could be he could be a very good option in my opinion. We'll just have for, for me, it's just to kind of wait and see. He'll be one that I might consider getting on the wild card on thirty-one, definitely. Yeah, I think we'll have a couple more weeks of looking at him, and maybe could replace could replace Salah for a lot cheaper price point, Luke. Yeah, I just think he, uh, especially with this Firmino's uh, been out for the last couple. Uh, and so with, with Firmino out, you've got to say he's a guaranteed starter. And even with Firmino back, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. So it's just such great value for money in that Liverpool attack. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a really good option and definitely one to consider on a on a wild card in thirty or thirty one. Uh, is Marcus Alonso going to play? Comes from, I presume this is come on you Gunners. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an Arsenal fan there. Uh, is Marcus Alonso going to play? Obviously, him and Chilwell are fine for that first spot in the left-back role. I think they're very much on rotation at the moment, but Chilwell seems to be playing in, like, often the bigger games. I don't know if he trusts him more defensively. Alonso very good going forward. What do you think about that, David? Yeah, Chilwell did start the game against uh, United and the game against Liverpool as well. So, for me personally, I wouldn't really want to be going anywhere near Alonso. If he, if he was nailed on, then he's definitely the best option in the Chelsea defence. But it's the fact that He's he's a, a pretty premium price. He's I think it's five point four million, and then Chilwell's was five point eight. So the, the, it's, it's too much rotation for me at the at the price. So for me personally, I'd look at I'd look at Rudiger and, and Mendy and and maybe Aspilicueta just for the just for the more nailed on factor. But uh, Alonso's got that potential going forward, as we've seen in previous seasons as well. How good he is going forward, it's just that defensively he definitely has question marks. So I'm. Um, as it goes for next, as it goes for next game, uh, with it being with it being Leeds, I think, I think maybe it's kind of, it's very very fifty fifty. It really is because it was it was Alonso started last game against Everton. Now, 
it could mean that that Chilwell comes back in. So for me, I literally couldn't even call it. And I wouldn't, for me, I wouldn't really want to go near Marcus Alonso just for that reason. That it would just be an absolute nightmare to own, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's one of them, especially if you own City defenders who might be uh, changing quite often. You don't really want another rotation risk in your team. You want you want some for sure starters. I think I don't even know if he'll start this game. I think Chilwell might be the the pick of uh, the pick for. Uh, two shell just because Leeds are quite attacking team. I think Chilwell, even though he's a good attacking fullback, he's probably a bit more sound defensively than Alonso. Do you think, Luke? Yeah, I mean, Marcus Alonso is just a classic wing back. Uh, he just gets so far forward, and that's why he's such a attacking attacking threat when he uh, when he does get the starts. But it's just such a toss up between the two. I just think you'd realistically have to stay clear of both of them while they seem to be sharing minutes, which is never a good thing for the FPL team. Yeah, they're both quite premium defenders as well, so you could probably probably look elsewhere with, with the money you've got for that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, next up, I'm bored 689. Who should I get for Rashford, who starts in the blank? Now, we've, we've sort of touched on this. We've looked at uh, probably Son and Bale are probably the main two. Could somebody take a risk on a Bamiyang? Yeah, Bamiyang's one that's he's got good numbers recently, and he's, he's obviously Arsenal's key man. But the the ne- the next few fixtures, just just looking at the next uh, the next uh, the next two, it's not it's not ideal for the for the blank game week. He's playing at West Ham, and then obviously he's got Spurs before that in the derby, and uh, then things like Liverpool as well in thirty. So it's not an ideal next three. But then Liverpool, it could be it could be good for us the way that Liverpool have played. Uh, but I just think I just think in my opinion, if you're looking at it in the next, if you're looking at it in game week twenty, uh, game week twenty nine, and game week thirty. For me, I think Bale outscores Aubameyang and he's two million cheaper. So, for me personally, I'd go for Bale. But if you want to have a differential, Aubameyang is 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 definitely one that you can make up a lot of rounds if he if he does produce. Yeah, it's tough looking at replacements for Rashford because there's not too many players around that around that Rashford price point in general, and never mind the amount of players that play in that blank. So it looks like you might have to go cheaper and maybe upgrade a striker if you were to to go in there. Do you think, Luke? Yeah, I was just guess. Just it's with nine point five from midfielder is a sort of semi premium price. There's not many up there, and I just think Sodden Bale looks so good, look essential really for the uh, going into twenty nine. So yeah, I don't I don't think it's really wise to look elsewhere apart from them too. A uh, high ownership they'll probably have. So if they do something, then that could be very costly for your rank. Uh, GTA Updates says, should I get Mares or De Bruyne over Sterling? Now, what do you think on this, Luke? Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, de- definitely. Both Mares and De Bruyne looked very impressive against Southampton. With some huge, I think Mares got 20 points for the double last week. Um, and Sterling just seems to be just sort of in and out the side recently. So, But if you're going to pick one out of Mares and De Bruyne, I'd say De Bruyne was a safer pick. Just more chance of guaranteed minutes and... Yeah, I just, he's a quality player. Yeah, I think De Bruyne looks good. Do you think, even though Mahrez has had a big run in the team now, do you think he's due a rest, David? Um, I think, I think, I think the next game, looking at that, he'll stop. But I think at some point he is definitely going to get a rest. Maybe it could be in the in the Champions League. So this it's, again, it's pet, it's pet for wet. But the but if you're going off the recent games, then Mahrez Mahrez is the most is the most nailed on attacker with 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 Kevin De Bruyne. So. He's he's looking like a good option at eight point one million and a potential a potential one if you if you own him, 
which has still got very low ownership, only 6%. He's definitely a very good differential if you own him and have him in, maybe putting him as a captain. Yeah, I think Morris is one of them with the sort of attacking talents that City have. He could easily just go off form for a couple of games and then start getting rotated like Sterling has. Um, whereas De Bruyne, probably one that's going to stay in the team. He's got a lot of quality and one of City's best players. So I think he will stay in the team. So probably the safer, uh, the safer option to go for there. Uh, following on from that last question, Ricey Boy says... I switched Madison for Mahrez. Is Mahrez a good player to captain against Fulham? What do you think about that? Luke? Yeah, I'd say definitely. I think um, Pep Pep brought him off early, and it's it's definitely a a sign when Pep sort of does that sixty minute substitution. He doesn't do it often, and that's that is usually he's done it for Gundogan in the past when he's kind of been uh, getting consistent starts to the team. So I think he's pretty obviously. I mean, it is Pep roulette. I can never be that sure, but I think Mahrez is a good shout for a start. About as confident as you can ever yeah. be on a city player. Do you think that that, that early uh, takeoff is just what he likes to do when somebody's on a good run of form and he wants to continue playing them and keep them on that form? Yeah, well, I mean, the commentators are joking. Like, you know, he's not allowed to get hat because he was on two goals. But um, uh, it just seems to be the way Pep does it. He never lets his players get too many minutes. And if he wants to keep playing him, then I guess he doesn't want him playing 90 every game. Sort of twice a week. So. Yeah, well, I think there's probably a reason why City don't get as many injuries as Liverpool, and they are a lot more sensible with the amount of playing time that these these players get. And Morris has got a lot, but it, with him with him getting that little thirty minute break there, uh, do you think he could be a good captain choice, David? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I think uh, if if you're looking at City players, then it's got to be Morris and Kevin De Bruyne this week. They look like well, Ke- Kevin De Bruyne was seen how much. Pep, well, he's he's the guy that Pep always starts, it seems. And Mahrez, especially with that 30-minute rest, it looks like um it looks like he should be set to start that. And in that game it is a it is a it is potential for goals against against Fulham, the way that City have been attacking. Obviously bar that United game, other than that, they've been very, very good going forward. So if Mahrez is starting, I do I, I think he's a really good differential captain shout. Yeah, I think so. I think he is. Um Okay, on to the last question. What defender uh, for the price range of five and a half million? That's from Fraser Campbell. Uh, probably not the ex-Blackpool player, but, um, but it could be. You never know. You might play FPL. Uh, yeah, who would who would you look at for around that five point five million uh, pounds mark for a defender? Um, I think I think as we was discussing before with it, discussing before with a Chelsea defender. But it, again, it depends on your your chip situation. If if you if you don't have the wild card, then maybe a Chelsea defender. If you don't already own one, I think it's a very good way to go. Yeah. I think maybe if we discuss this without the without the free hit, just maybe for the last say seven or eight games of the season. I feel like if you look at that, yeah. If, you, if you're uh, looking at it longer, you, I think Chelsea have got yeah, a lot stronger. Longer, longer and Chelsea have got uh, very very good fixtures and they've been very solid. So for me, it would be. It would be someone like a like a Rudy, even that's a lot cheaper than five point five. You can then uh, upgrade your team elsewhere, and then if you want to be extra safe, then maybe you should go for an Aspel Equator, who's at five point seven million as well. Yeah, uh, who would who would you look at, Luke? Other than other than Chelsea, maybe. Uh, I'm I'm liking the Creswell. I think um, the West Ham defenses mm. have still been solid, even through this tough run of fixtures, and sort of sort of after thirty, they've got a very nice fixture swing and. Uh, well, Cresswell, anyway, is one of the highest point-scoring defenders. He just seems to get assists all the time. Or even if you can't quite afford that Cresswell, then maybe a, a Sue Fowler or a Craig Dawson, he's got that 
uh, attacking threat from corners. They just, yeah. Yeah, Dawson's been looking very dangerous in the past few games. Uh, got one in the last game, nearly had two. Um, was very close with that. Cresswell with, with two nice set-piece deliveries in there. Obviously, one of the bonuses of having him. Uh, one player I'd also look at is Luke Shaw at 5.2 million. Yeah. He is. He seems to have cemented the starting spot in the lineup recently. Yeah, he's been. He's been. He's been, in my opinion, the best left back in the in the Premier League this season. He's been so good going forward. His numbers for like chance creation, everything, even before the the attacking contributions were coming in, he was. Uh, he was. He, he was getting very good numbers, just not the just not the actual contributions, which was a shame. But they've really started to come in now. Uh, he's, he's picked them out. I think five assists this season, and he obviously got the goals well in the Manchester derby as well. So. He's looking, he's looking very good going forward and as a long-term option, I think is a very good one. I think another one for short-term as well, potentially, is uh, Regulon for Spurs. Now, it's again, it's a, it's a risky one with him with maybe being rotation with uh, with Ben Davis. Now, he's, he's he's so good going forward, but I think I think people will be looking at the, the Bale, Son and Kane trio, but if you can't get one of them three in, then I think... As a as maybe a bit of a differential shout at at the back, uh, only three percent owned is is regular and he's so good going forward. And Spurs have got some some nice fixtures coming up. Uh, they got the they obviously got the derby this weekend, which you wouldn't really think it would be a clean sheet. But then Villa away, if Villa don't have Grealish, then Villa haven't been looking great going forward. They haven't been scoring a lot of goals. And then Newcastle, and we've seen how poor they've been in front of goal, especially with them having uh, Callum Wilson out injured and Saint Maximin, and uh, I think Almond's out injured as well. So defensively, I think Spurs for the next uh, for twenty nine and thirty have very nice uh, potential for clean sheets there, and maybe an attacking return for Regulon. So if he does play both them games, then he could be a decent differential shot as well at the back. Yeah, Regulon probably one of the better Spurs defenders, especially for attacking returns, but obviously has that uh, rotating risk. Okay, looking ahead to next week, uh, anybody looking at taking any hits potentially? Uh, not for me personally. I've got. I've got two free transfers in the bank and I've, my team's pretty well set up for 29. And I've, my team looks decent enough for next week. The only real concern, I've got I've got Bamford in my starting eleven against Chelsea and then Ariola as well against City. So I'm going to make just one transfer, maybe just a defensive change. Uh, maybe just like a, a straight swap from Loughton to Veltman because Veltman's got a, a nice game week, a nice game in, in 29. He's also got a decent one in 28 against, as well against Southampton. So I might just go for a straight swap from Loughton for development, just just looking at twenty nine really. But other than that, I think I'll I'll just keep I'll just keep it the same and then roll off transfer, then bring in Bale next week most likely. Yeah, that that Veltman transfer, somebody that I'm considering. I'm definitely considering a Brighton defender in for Matt Loughton ahead of twenty nine. Uh, maybe a hit. If I was going to take a hit, I'd probably either get another defender in. But if I was going to take a hit, I'd probably take it next week because I want to keep Salah for this week. And then I might look at bringing both the Spurs boys in next week. Uh, what about you, Luke? Uh, it's the same as you boys, really. Uh, Matt Lowton is uh, not really someone I want to keep. So I'm thinking... <laughs> He's on the chopping block. <laughs> poor, poor, the poor guy. <laughs> uh, he, he got us out 15-pointer. But um, yeah, probably go yeah. Um, Lowton to a Brighton defender. Maybe Dunk. Cause just because money isn't really an issue for me at the moment. and uh, Yeah, he's just a player I quite like. They're probably just that. Yeah. Um, you were talking about playing Bamford uh, this week against Chelsea, David. Does that mean you're looking uh, at Benjamin yeah, Rafinha? So it's, it's kind of, for my starting position, it would be either between Bamford or Rafinha. So, it's, it's 
it, it, it could go either way with that one, but I've gone for Bamford, who's got the goals this season, but Rafinha's looked so de- so dangerous in, in all of the games. Like He's been so close to returns. He's been so unlucky that he hasn't got as many points as he has this season, even though he has got a decent amount. But he's been so unlucky in recent weeks. But I think I think for me, just because Bamford's scored a lot of goals over the course of the season and he's got a, a lot higher ownership as well, so it's a much safer pick just to go for Bamford in the, in the starting eleven, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that ownership is is something that really um, makes Bamford, starting Bamford, uh, feel a lot safer. Uh, I'm currently starting both because I have Jesse Lingard, who is obviously ineligible against his uh, current club, uh, Man United. Uh, so that means I'm, I'm starting both Bamford and Rafinha. Uh, I, obviously, it's a tough game. Chelsea have a good defence, but I think Leeds are a sort of team that you could back to score a couple against anybody. So I'm not too worried about that. I'd rather play them than than uh, play the defenders. I've got some tough fixtures in defence. Probably looking at that that Lowton out of there, um, and then just praying that Cancelo and Diaz start for me. Uh, uh, who are you looking at benching this week, uh, Luke? Coming. So the I've got the uh, I've got Rafinha, probably Soufal and Ailing are my three. All quite happy to keep them on the bench. To be honest, <laughs> got some poor fixtures. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't expect anything from Ailing uh, against Chelsea. Soufal against United, do you think they could... I think there was the FA Cup. I think they took him into extra time. Was that 0-0 at, yeah, at full time? Yeah, it was. Time? It was 0-0 at full time. Yeah. I think uh, McTominay scored an extra time in that game. Yeah, yeah I've, obviously United looked good in the last game, so probably riding a bit of a wave. So you're not tempted to start Soufal? Uh, I'm sort of happy to have a personal bench in case Stones gets rotated. And I think... He's not someone to be against playing. Like, I think, especially if you had like a Creswell maybe against Man United, you might be a bit more confident in playing him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a, he's a bad option. But uh, yeah. 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 We've touched on captains. Um, but do you think Kane's going to be one for you this uh, week? Yeah, David? I've currently got it on him at the moment. It would be either between Fernandes and Kane. I think Salah's too much. Like, is The form of Liverpool just worries me too much to ever stick on Salah. So it's only between Fernandez and Kane. Gundogan's the only City one that I'd consider captain him, but he played deeper last game, so I'm not a big fan of captain him there. So I think Kane with his record in the North London derby, and I, I just I just think Spurs will get goals in this game. So I'm, I'm I think for me it's going to be Kane, but Fernandez is, is definitely uh, running it close. But I think I'm just going to edge Kane. Yeah, yeah, that's a good decision. Um, Fernandez for you then, Luke. Obviously, no Kane. Not considering Son. Uh, well, the moment I've got Captain Fernandez vice Son, so uh, probably gonna yeah. stick at that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Fernandez is probably a better captain than than Son. I think Kane and Fernandez are very close for me. Um, not sure if I if I have a a mad thought, I might go Salah. Um, just. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling like he he sometimes performs in them tougher games. I don't I don't know if Wolves is a tougher game, but it just feels like one that he might he might. Uh, yeah, I I agree. With you. I think I think it always seems to be them week, weeks when everybody gets rid of the player, then he comes back, and then everyone will jump back on him again after. So I, I just think uh, it, people could people could regret end up getting rid of Salah if he, if he does come big, which you never know. I mean, he, as I say, he did score in the Champions League, so. We're hoping from that game against Leipzig they've turned they might have turned the corner. But we thought they'd turned corners in the past to Liverpool and they and it hasn't happened. So we just gotta hope and I think for one more week, this is definitely the last week I think we'll all be holding Salah. So we just gotta hope he uh, 
he finishes yeah. it off. It's spelling our teams with a with a good performance to take up some points. Yeah, I'm just looking at his stats for for this year and when he's got his points. And the only other time that he's had a blank, uh, four blanks in a row or more, um, the time that he returned after that, he returned with a 15 pointer yeah, yeah. away at West Ham. Do you think there's much chance of that happening again, Luke? Uh, I mean, uh, it's unlikely, but I guess. You, you... Do you think Liverpool can score more than two score? or two or more? Well, I watched the uh, <laughs> the highlights against Leipzig in the Champions League, and him and Mane had a ridiculous amount of chances. Uh, the Leipzig defence has such a high line, but some poor finishing from the both of them. Uh, obviously, they did get one each, but they, they, they could have had a hatful. So, I mean, potentially, I don't, I don't think Wolves are as strong a fixture as some people think. Uh, but I think it's just it's a risk, uh, and I'm not sure I'm willing to take such a big risk this week. Yeah, yeah, I think it is a risk, and probably other safer uh, safer options. But I think if there's going to be a, a risk to be taken this week, I think it could definitely be on the captain with yeah, with not like a, lot, a real a lot more obvious so maybe obvious option where you could where you could go for someone like a like a Salah as, as mad as that might sound, or like as you said before, Luke with uh, with DCL. This could be a week where you might be able to gain quite a lot of ground on other players because the captaincy is a lot more a lot more open with people going. There'll be a lot of people going for Fernandez, obviously, a lot of people going for Kane, and then a lot of people going for De Bruyne, as as well as a few different ones as well, like Mares and other players like that as well. So there's a few there's a few options, and I think it's it's going to be very uh, very like split between between every all the players. So uh, we'll have to wait and see who everyone goes for. Yeah, I do like Kane and Fernandes, though. They obviously are both on penalties and they can obviously just nick a goal from anywhere. And whenever they do that, they seem to go very high on bonus and seem to seem to bring on bring in a, a good few points because if they can just get one goal, they might turn that into eight, nine, ten points. And that's really what you want. Whereas somebody like Calvert-Lewin sometimes can just... He can get a goal, but he can yeah, end up a with a six-pointer. Six and five-pointers. Yeah, he's one of the sort of players you think needs two goals to get get top of bonus, and usually doesn't happen um, uh, for Everton. Uh, he's obviously not in as big a team, but yeah, um, who do you think could be one to watch this game week? Uh, my, I called out uh, Pereira last last week. He looked dangerous, but he didn't do anything. Um, anyone that that sticks out to you two this week? Um. Leicester home home against Sheffield United. Yeah, Ooh, he's one he? that I don't think many people own him. Many people will really be looked to get in. Leicester's fixtures are quite good coming up, but I just think it's the fact that they don't have Madison, they don't have Barnes. Maybe for me on a on a wild card in the future, I'd, uh, yeah. if Madison and Barnes are back, I'd probably get one of them too. But um, I think I think the one to watch who's on he's still very very uh, got uh, got a very low ownership is is Mares. He's only on six percent. I think for me, he's one to watch. As I say, six percent ownership and the, the the performance he's got, he's been putting in over the last the last run of starts he's had has been has been amazing. He's been one of City's best players, if not the best player in this run. So I think Mares is definitely one to watch with with the low ownership, in my opinion. Yeah, it feels like Mares is is one because he's eight million. If he was if he was down at Gundogan's price in in the low sixes, a lot of people would have been thinking about bringing him in. And obviously, money isn't an issue for some people if they get rid of. Salah or Fernandez, they might have money to to spend. So maybe maybe Morris could be a good one to yeah, put that money it's just, on. Uh, as I say as well, I said it before with the, with people. A lot of people already have three cities, so it's very difficult to if you wanted to get another city player, you have to maybe move out one city. 
I think like if I if I had the choice now of going between like either two two defenders or, or one attacker for City or two midfielders and one defender, I think I'd definitely go for the two the two midfielders for City over the defenders right now. So it's it's frustrating because Stones is one that's a bit dodgy. I mean, I expect him to start against Fulham, which is which is a not a bad fixture. Fulham aren't the greatest going going forward. They're more solid defensively. Even though they do look very good going forward, it's just they lack that that clinical finish. So it's it's not a bad fixture coming up for City defensively. But if I had the choice for this week, I would probably have two midfielders over there over the two defenders, in my opinion. Yep. Any players that you're looking at? Uh, we're not bringing in, but look, they might stand out for this week, Luke. Uh, for me, I've got a couple of attackers. I think potentially. Uh, first, I say Ollie Watkins away at Newcastle. Very good fixture at the moment, and uh, also yeah. Richardson again home against Burnley, and he's been in very good form of late. So potentially, maybe Richardson is a better shout than DCL. I, I guess DCL is just higher owned, so he's more um, an obvious captain choice for people that obviously own him. But yeah, I think Richardson is a definite shout for some points this week. Yeah, I think Richardson scored. Yeah, I think he's scored. I think he's scored four games, games he's like, four before in the Premier League game. So he's been in very good form. Yeah. Yeah, he's been been robbing all of DCL's goals out of my team, which um, <laughs> has been a bit of a shame. Um, one player that did go out of my team, uh, I chanced him out, was Che Adams. He didn't do anything for so long. He had a lot of offside goals and, and a bit of unluckiness. Ings came back in, but he didn't start the first game of the blank and uh, then got subbed on for Ings due to an injury. He's come on and he scored in both games and he had another one disallowed against Brighton. He could be one that that could be uh, could be a shock, but yeah, Brighton's defense is usually pretty solid. I mean, um, they'll probably have like a zero maybe not. expected goals, and uh, they'll concede like three. It'll be a Che Adams hat trick, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. As long as they win the expected goal, that's all that matters for Brighton. Uh, saying that, then I'll. I mean, if they, don't, if they, don't, if they so, don't start playing up to the, if they don't start playing up to the stats, they're in a bit of trouble. They could be in serious trouble because I think Fulham, the way they're playing, can definitely, definitely like they can pull themselves out of the relegation zone very soon. Yeah, it's a weird one. It looked like Fulham were dead and buried, but a, a bit of bad form from from Newcastle, a bit of bad form from Brighton, and suddenly they've, they've really crept back up there. They've not done it in in a in emphatic fashion, but they've just picked up wins, picked up points here and there. Uh, do you think they've got a good chance of staying up now, Luke? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're just uh, putting together... They're just such solid defensively, so they're getting the draws, they're getting the odd win, and I, I think I think there'll be very few people that are expecting Fulham to go down in this position now, because they're the informed team. And I think it's Brighton and Newcastle that are looking... Brighton or Newcastle looking like... Well, I mean, West Brom and uh, Sheffield United look quite quite dead and buried, so probably one of them, I'd say, to join join them down in the Championship. Yeah, I'd say so. I think Burnley could potentially get dragged down there. They're uh, yeah, I do. I do, I do they're think struggling to, to get um, out of Burnley. Just a couple of wins, and they'll be they'll be fine. They did just pick up a point against Arsenal, but uh, it's definitely interesting. I think Newcastle, with the injuries that they've got and the form that they're in currently, like they really did need a win in that last game against West Brom, which they didn't get. So they're really looking over their shoulders, and as I say, with the injuries they've got, it's really really not looking good for them. And then Brighton as well. It looked like they got out of it. They won a few games in a row, didn't they? They had that spell of clean sheets and a few wins. But uh, since then, it's really just they've fallen straight yeah. back into it and Fulham have just been picking up points consistently. Yeah, I'm looking at the form tables for the last five and who would you take a guess at being bottom of the form tables for the points in the uh, last five? Ooh. Um, 
Brighton, Southampton must be pretty there, low. Obviously, because we're discussing them. And they've been terrible recently in Southampton. Yeah. Southampton have got four. And, yeah, Brighton are on two in the oh, last really? five games. Even Sheffield United have three. Bring in Brighton defenders. For the win. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realise how, how badly that was. Uh, how bad that was, but... I don't know. It's something about Brighton. I still bat them to turn it around. I think they're a good team. And I think they've been very unfortunate in some games. They got very unfortunate against West Brom. Um, should have definitely had a one there. Missed two penalties and missed and had a goal disallowed. Um, and an abundance of chances. But yeah, um, other than that, I don't really have too much else to else to say. Anybody else uh, have yeah, anything I was to just, add? I was just looking at my team and if I do bring in Beltman, I was considering maybe starting Beltman over Bamford. I don't know what you two think of that. I don't know who you would rather go for. It's Beltman who's playing against uh, Southampton. Now, Southampton have been scoring a few goals in the last two games, back two against City. So, what what, what are you two's opinion? Would you rather start uh, Beltman or would you rather go for Bamford? Um, who is your, who is um, your other three defenders? Are you target. Play? He's playing against Newcastle away and then Diaz against Fulham away and Stones as well against Fulham. It's a pretty tough one. Um, I personally, I always, I, I don't like playing more yeah, than three yeah, at the back. <laughs> I, uh, I always bat the attacker, but I mean, potentially if you leave a first new bench with Stones and Diaz, the risk of well, obviously Laporte just plays with one of them, then Beltman's coming in anyway. But yeah, I guess, definitely. I just yeah. think, I just think the way that Chelsea have been defensively, they don't look like they don't even look like conceding. So, but then again, as we say, it's Leeds and they're so. They, they, they are very good going forward, despite it's not really been going for them in the last few weeks. But yeah, I, 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 that's another one that I'd be, I'd be 50-50 and I might swap it or I might just keep Veltman first on my bench because, as you say, maybe Stones or Diaz might not start. Yeah, I think Leeds, I always look at them and think, in the first 10 minutes, how much energy are they playing with? And... With the games now not coming as fast, with with more weak breaks in between the games, I do think Leeds will come out quite energetic against Chelsea. Uh, they've got Rodrigo coming back. He can only help the attack. Um, so I'd expect Leeds maybe to get one. Um, I don't know if whether that, that um, would mean playing Bamford would be worth it. But yeah, I, I usually play three at the back. Yeah, the good thing is but as well in that situation, it's quite a tough one. Is, is... Is it, is it, his uh, contribution going forward does look very good. He has scored a goal recently and uh, looking at him statistically, he's got, I think his expected like goals and assists in the last five games is like is like 2.1, which looks which looks quite good to be fair. So he's, in my opinion, definitely, well, in my opinion, he is the, the best uh, value Brighton defender. Maybe Lewis Dunk for the goal threat, but Veltman, he does get up and down on the right, on the, on the, on the wing back position. So he's, 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 he could maybe even get an attack in return. In the next few weeks as well, we've been playing in twenty nine a nice fixture against Newcastle, which is a key game in the survival battle, definitely. Yeah, very cheap at four point three, and I think he's yeah. one to one to lock up for sure. Um, with with Lamp out for the rest of the season as well, I think he's a he's a pretty much nailed on starter and should probably play for the rest of the season. I agree as well. But yeah, other than that, I think I think that's all. Um, I just have to say thank you for joining me on this on this podcast. No problem. Thanks for having us. Uh, I thought I, I, thought <laughs> I was just going to get you But yeah. Listening. <laughs> oh no, thank, thank you to the viewers if anybody's made it this far. Thank you. Um, thank you 
very much. In fact, uh, go and go and check out our TikTok at uh, FPL Students. And uh, other than that, we'll see you next week on uh, Thursday. And 